Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out, right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. From the desert, I'm Stephen Maggi. Today's show features a famous television personality that's been a Vegas stand-up comedian for years, Ms. Rhonda Shear. Then you'll go behind the scenes of one of the Strip's most popular attractions, the Bellagio Botanical Gardens. Finally, your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, talks about famous chefs and the Las Vegas hotels they are associated with. But you probably remember Rhonda Shear as somebody you watched on uh, USA, it was a show called Up All Night. Believe me, if you were around at that time, you saw it, you loved it. You recognize her from TV shows, movies, but you can't believe all the great stuff she's done. And she's with us today. Rhonda, what a pleasure. You're, uh, the name of the book, by the way, her memoirs, and I wanted to give you the name of the book, is Up All Night, From Hollywood Bombshell to Lingerie Mogul, Life Lessons from an Accidental Feminist. Your picture should be on the cover of anybody magazine that wants to cover a true feminist. You've done it all. Is that was, Thank you. I, I love that you were giving me this wonderful introduction, and all of a sudden you heard a bark, and I was like thinking that maybe your listeners thought that I bark. <laughs> that was my dog. That was my little chihuahua, by the way. Um, five little dogs I have around me. That's what's great about doing um, interviews from people's homes. You never know what you'll hear in the background. Thank you for that amazing introduction. Um, yes, people may remember me from USA up all night. I have to say that or people get really upset. <laughs> and, um, and just a life of incredible journey. So that's what I put in the book. But it isn't just the stories of, of, of what I've done. It also has all the... Um, you know, the inspiration and life lessons that I learned along the way. So anybody who picks it up, male or female, will get lessons of, uh, you know, how to make it as an entrepreneur or the things that I learned anyway along the way and how to find love at 45 and, and um, you know, all, all, every journey and every chapter of my life literally has these tips and then has, like, yeah. the bubble over my head, um, what I was thinking during cer- certain episodes. So um, it's getting great reviews, which is very exciting to me. And I'm waiting for someone, maybe you're the one to do it, to make it into a movie. <laughs> I'd love to, I'll tell you. Because it's such a fascinating story. It's the stuff that you think about movies. I mean, you marry your childhood sweetheart. It's just a wonderful right. thing. Uh, entrepreneur. I mean, these are all stuff. Let's get started in the beginning, though. I mean, obviously, a gorgeous person. You decide to get into um, into uh, Miss, Miss Louisiana, wasn't it? Because you grew up in New Orleans. Yeah, I just, you know, I kind of just fell into the pageant scene in, in Louisiana. It wasn't like I had a mother that was like one of those, you know, uh, what's her name, Boo Boo's mother. Yeah, um, right, right. Um, she wasn't, it wasn't, I didn't do child, you know, pageants, but uh, around 15 or 16, um, someone had approached me about doing a pageant. I never really thought about it, but I, you know, I took dancing school as a kid, so I was, I was used to being in front of an audience for my little dance recitals and things, but so I entered a pageant, kind of got bitten by the bug when I when I won one. Basically, at that age, you're doing it because I like the crown and the banner. They're pretty. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, it wasn't like today, like they don't give out awards anymore, like everybody gets one. Well, I think there's nothing wrong with competition at all. 
So um, competitiveness is great. And the pageants actually taught me like a, a lot about um, myself and, and, and gave me confidence to speak in front of people. And so I, I, I full, you know, it also teaches you to be a good sports, sports person. So if you lose, you congratulate the winner and you keep going. So those are the lessons I talk about. So I, I started off at pageants and then um, when I was Miss Louisiana, I was sent out to Los Angeles to do a modeling job as Miss Louisiana. And serendipity, I met the casting director of Happy Days way back in the day. And while I was there, uh, they, the casting director said, well, you're in town doing this modeling job. Why don't you audition for a Happy Days? Well, that put the acting bug in my head. Um, my parents said, you're not going to Los Angeles to finish college. And um, so forget it. Put it out of your head. But, you know, 19 years old, I was out there. I was being courted around in limousines and got to meet Fonzie and, and you know, all these people at, you know, which was like the number one show back then. Oh, yeah, big thing. And it, and it just stuck in my head, and I wanted to get back to L.A. But I made this detour because of my sister. She's actually here visiting with me, so and she's, she's sitting outside with me. We're talking outside um, from my house in St. Petersburg, and I ended up running for public office along the way. So I took a little detour from Hollywood to staying in New Orleans and running uh, for public office, and then I fell in love with that. So the next thing you know, I thought I was going to be a politician. Wow. <laughs> so I talk about in the book, that no matter what you end up doing, no matter if it's, you know, flipping burgers, if that's your first job, embrace it, love it, because you, somewhere along the way, you're going to learn something from that job, and you'll take it with you for the rest of your life, because everything in your life is full circle. It's just amazing. It happens to me every day. Contacts I make, people I make, I, I never burn a bridge. Well, before um, I saw the book, you know, I it talked uh, about you to some friends of mine that we all grew up, and they all remember it. Everybody remembers, she's really pretty. And she had a great personality, or funny and stuff. And I thought that was interesting. It wasn't just about the looks. It was your personality coming through. And then as you go through the book, one of the things you realize is you kind of fought all that, too pretty, too funny, all that type of stuff. But you ended up getting it all. I, I, I guess that Thank just kind of, yeah, and that kind of just gave you the, the drive, right? Because you're obviously a very I driven you, person. I think levity and humor is how it got me through really scary situations. It got me through sexual harassment. No guy likes a yappy woman, so if I get yappy and funny, it's kind of a turn-off. So <laughs> I use my humor a lot in my life to get me out of sticky situations. And um, I was with some, some, some actually, you know, I, I sell on HSM, which is, you know, Home Shopping Network, yeah. and, and in various places. But I also sell in Canada at, at TSC, which is the shopping channel. And I was with the president today and the vice president, and it was really interesting what the vice president said to me. She goes, I just want to tell you, you look like you'd be a snob. And you look like you're very unapproachable. If you just saw you and you didn't know you, that's what you look like. But then people meet you and you're funny and you are open and you're a dichotomy. And that is exactly what I've been fighting my whole life because I'm a complete dichotomy. I mean, I will talk, tell, you know, I, I love being funny. I love throwing people. I love when people, when I was younger, thought I was bimbo, a bimbo yeah. from up all night. But, you know, they get in a conversation with me and I would you know, show some sign of some sort of intelligence <laughs> and they'd be thrown by it or they wouldn't think I was a snob. So, um, yeah, well, I've got to think, that, I, I did that, that help you? I mean, yes, you know, Rhonda, I mean, me. you know, uh, like the entrepreneurial thing, that's a big deal. I mean, people don't realize you run a $100 million lingerie company. Uh, you've got, uh, what is it, an Abra? Is that what it's called? Right, yes, the Abra. We've sold $35 million over that, wow. but at least $35 million units in 34 countries. And, uh, of course, that was with the help of my husband, who was my high school sweetheart. We reunited, and he was a really great businessman. So we, he taught me a lot about business. I mean, I knew the marketing PR side right. and the personality side, but I didn't understand the number side. So through him, I learned that. 
And, um, and we slowly started this business just because we reunited and wanted to work together and make up for lost 25 years of lost time. And um, I never married. He did. But so I, you know, I kidded him about that. We just wanted to work together, never dreaming that the business would take off the way that it did. So oh, what a great story. I it's mean, a great story, and it's great to be considered an entrepreneur. I can't say I'm a bimbopreneur, but it's, it's really, you know, it's one of the things I can, I can say I'm the most proud of because I help women and make them feel good about themselves. And, well, um, absolutely. As much as I love having a male audience on Up All Night, this is a very rewarding experience for me at this place in my life, you know, so it's come full circle. But, you know, they really, if they saw Up All Night, one of the things I got right away is this is tongue-in-cheek. You're obviously right. not a bimbo. Right. You couldn't do that, you know. Right. No, it takes intelligence to do comedy. I mean, I think, you know, people realize that even about Marilyn Monroe, that she had a lot going on upstairs and used the sex appeal. That's why women liked her as well. Because if you're yeah. truly that bombshell and femme fatale, then you're not going to have a female audience because they'd be very protective of their man. Even when I did stand-up comedy for years, the first person that people I would talk to in the audience was the women and get them laughing. Then once they realized I wasn't after their man or date or whoever they were sitting next to, they loosened up and, um, and then they could laugh as well. So, you know, um, is that something you have to deal with all the time? Because you're extremely attractive, but not only that, you also were one of these people that, you know, people recognize the face. I mean, you were on a lot of stuff, and it's all in the book, you know, I mean, movies, TV, all that stuff. So, I mean, do people like, especially females, did they kind of like, kind of recoil? a lot of females, they did. And I think to be liked, and it really goes back to my childhood, um, I have two older brothers and an older sister, but my two older, my sister got married, my two older brothers, they treated me like the kid's sister, and so they, they, because the closest brother to me is seven years older. So they didn't pay attention to me at all. Um, so I think when you, I would fight for attention. I'd try to break into their room when they locked it. I mean, I, they wouldn't talk to me. So I think later on in life, I wanted to be heard. <laughs> I think as a stand-up, you're, people are forced to, you know, you're on stage and you, they have to listen to you. So I really do think it's part of my upbringing and how I kind of survived my childhood. I mean, I had a great childhood and great siblings, but... If no one's listening to you and you're you're the kid's sister and you're kind of alone, so I think that later on came back. Um, and hiding behind comedy gave me confidence because I knew if I could make people laugh and people would like me. So yeah. I found that that humor really got me through a lot, and, uh, and I continue to use it. And it feels good. Nothing makes people feel better than making them laugh. Back in a few moments with more from the former star of late night TV's Up All Night, Rhonda Shear. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchin. Of course my kid's in the right car seat. Well, I think he is. Yeah, my kid's in a booster seat. He was ready to move up. He is ready, right? Her car seat looks like the right size. There are probably rules on when to move up to a booster seat, aren't there? Rear-facing, forward-facing? I think I have it right. Car crashes are a leading killer of children 1 to 13. Are your children in the right car seat for their age and size? Don't think you know. Know you know. Go to safercar.gov slash the right seat. I know my child's in the right car seat, or else I wouldn't get in the driver's seat. 
brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach that does so much more than just business. Logan, do you find that people come to you thinking about business and ended up leaving where it's really about their entire life? That's actually a great question because what I find is that people often come to me and ask, am I a business coach, am I a career coach, am I a life coach? And I say, I don't care what you call me because when you change any part of your life, so if we're talking about your career or your relationship, it's going to change everything. So when we make changes in one part, it touches every part of our life. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing? Sure. You can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreadcoaching.com. I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Well, does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Does your company need an entertaining and informative on-hold message? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. That's why thousands turn to the pros at Black Eagle Sound Design. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. At Black Eagle Sound Design, you get Hall of Fame professionalism, royalty-free music, and a 100% buyout, meaning the commercials are yours to do with as you please. See website for details. Log on now to BESD.US and find out more. It's time you worked with the best, and Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way. On time, on target, and at a price you can afford. I'm Adele Poole, one of the many talents you'll hear at Black Eagle Sound Design. Visit us at BESD.US. Black Eagle Sound Design, because the voice you choose matters. We are live outside the home of Joe and Rosie Goddard, where a pretty big tickle fight broke out just minutes ago. Sources say their father instigated the laughter. Let's go inside for a comment. (laughs) Apparently, they have no comment. Dads? Let this be a reminder that it only takes a moment to make a moment. Call 877-4DAD411 or visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid Minerals offer a more concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchInc.com. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to TV personality and top entrepreneur Rhonda Shear, author of Up All Night, From Hollywood Bombshell to Lingerie Mogul, Life Lessons from an Accidental Feminist. As you said before, it's not just for women. This is also for men. You know, oh, absolutely. To get past some of those things. You know, who would think that, you know, growing up pretty, that, that sometimes could be a hardship? But it can because people get an opinion of you. And you just, uh, you kind of took that right out of the game by meeting them at their level, it seems. Well, this woman today who said that to me, I mean, yeah. she, she worked with me, but the fact that she said that you're off-putting, that you could be, you look like you could be snobby, you know, I, I forget about that, but if someone doesn't know you and they just see you, you know, first opinions, no one ever forgets the first opinion of someone. If they think they're from a distance, my brother, 
years later, my brother's friends, who, of course, you know, when seven years, someone's seven years older, that's, as you get older, that's an easy, you know, you can date someone seven, five, seven years older. Yeah, right. And years later, they told me, oh, I would never ask you out as you got older and, you know, you were, you know, dating age because I thought you were a snob. And I'm like, gosh. And I never was. I've always been down to earth. And one of my things is to stay humble. Like, never, you know, that's just. Yeah, I love my friends are from all walks of life. And and because as my dad used to say growing up, you meet the same people on the way up as you meet on the way down. Exactly. You just have to stay humble and and be appreciative every day and work hard. And if you work hard, you'll get what you want. And I'm not afraid of working. And I do drive my husband crazy because it's like he says, you're never going to slow down. You're never (laughs) going to retire. And I I think I, I just don't I can't imagine retiring completely. Because I have to have, like, things to do. I have to have uh, the next project. Absolutely. Know, it's what keeps you young, right, too, isn't it? It's really exciting. And by the way, anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur or has a product they want to get to market, the books give you a lot of tips. Because like at the opera, we said, how did you get it to HSN? So it has a lot for men in there. It doesn't have to be a bra. But whatever product someone has, a lot of people invent things, and they say, well, how do I get it out there? So the book discusses. It's, yeah. it's, it's, as many women that have loved the book, I've gotten that many compliments from men as well. So I'm um, very exciting to write my first book, and I already have a second book um, Great. formulated. Not, I haven't started yeah, to write it's it. it's in the brain. <laughs> it's in my brain, and, and once you kind of get that in your blood, then you want to keep doing it. Well, you know, Rhonda, that really, I'm glad you said that because that was the thing I got out of it. I thought, you know, there's plenty of books, good books from the, in the business sections of bookstores and so right. on. But this is something like, maybe even before you get to those, you just want to get that, to, you know, somebody who's done it, who's who's met the obstacles that are always going to be there in the way, and some right. of the just good advice. I mean, it's a great starting point for men Thank and women. You. It really Thank is. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's just, it's my life journey. Everybody has their own stories, but. If you can learn from everything that you learn from life and the good and the bad, because many times uh, both my husband and myself took many steps backwards to go forward again. And even when we started our business, we had no money. And the book talks about that. Yeah. So if we could do it, I mean, we both went through different phases where we had money, we lost money. And anybody can do it if they keep putting one foot in front of the other and not give up. And that's, uh, that's I mean, it, but it really yeah. gives you practical um, tips and, and, and things that I've learned along the way. And uh, it's just an exciting time. And, and we're getting a lot of interest from so many people with the book. It's really exciting to be able to speak to you in Vegas and all around the country. And uh, I've been invited back on several radio shows that I've been doing. So that's really cool. It well, I think it is, too. And I get excited about it. And I look at a list. You know, I, I went through the list of... Uh roles you had and i realized okay i remember that i remember you know you you play around the internet i remember all that now you know having gone through like hundreds of these television shows weren't you fonzie's girlfriend for a while as i I was fonzie's girlfriend but that's actually one did you read that's like one of my stories in there that's actually kind of a sad story is that he actually fired me off of the show henry winkler but it's actually kind of a cool story and um there's nothing about sexual harassment it wasn't about that at all but um it's but it was very painful for a young person who was doing her best. So, oh, sure. Um, Absolutely. I'm hoping one day to, to get in touch with him and, and actually be able to confront him. I had done a few happy days. And so when he did this, I won't go into I'll let people read the Yeah, story let's, let's keep it there. Uh, to them. But, but it, it is an interesting story. And, I, you know, when you're 22, you have to realize that people do the same things to you or right. can that, that you think, oh, well, I'm, I'm so young. Why would anybody want to hurt me this way? I'm not an adult yet. But um, I learned that at any place in your life, it's, you, people, 
you're an adult. You have to grow up pretty quickly. Well, and that's what, like when I, I ran for office, I was really young, and I, you know, I quickly yeah. got thrown into an adult world of politicians, and they didn't care if they hurt my feelings or whatever. So yeah, and that's um, something you got to get over. You know? You've got to just keep going. Yeah, and, and in L.A., you know, my Hollywood years, you know, everybody thinks. Well, they don't. I don't know what people think, but for every callback you get, you probably go on a hundred auditions. Oh yeah. So yeah, that you look at the parts, but behind those, I probably auditioned a hundred times and was rejected. So it's not that anybody likes getting rejected, but you learn to live with that, and yeah. certainly in that business. And then, so that helps me now because I don't get every single thing right. in business that I would like to see happen. But I, you just learn that okay. This didn't work. I'll just go another direction. Right. I mean, it's like what salesmen put up with. You've got to be right. able to accept rejection. Otherwise, you yes. can't do this. You know? Absolutely. And as a comic, you learn to sell yourself. So as you are selling yourself, so basically my product that I sell now is an extension of myself. So it's easy for me to sell it because I believe in it. I design it. You know, I wear it. I love it. So mm-hmm. um, it's easy to, you know, to, I, I can only sell things that I really believe in. I just, if I don't believe in it, I can't sell it, you know, so... I'm a good salesman, but only for things I really believe in. <laughs> right, right. And, and I think I think there's something to it. The heart which won't let you get excited about something. Or you have to be a certain type of person to sell something you don't really believe in. I always I'm think too, that comes I'm through. I'm too honest. I'm too honest. Like, you know, every now and then I'll have a product, and it may not just fit exactly the way I want it to fit, because maybe where the way it was manufactured. And I, I have to be honest about it. So I can't even go on there and say, oh, this is perfect. I have to say, hey, it runs a little big or it runs a little small. But, you know, at the end of the day, people appreciate that. So, honestly, yeah. I find. And I'm not a good liar because I forget my lies. Right. So, I, it's better just to be Always honest. the way. Well, now, the show's <laughs> Vegas Never Sleeps, so i got to ask you about headlining in Vegas. What was that like? Tell me, what did you oh, do? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, first of all, I headlined a lot of the comedy clubs in Vegas, mainly the improv, uh, mm-hmm. but even Catch a Rising Star. It was like the pinnacle of success for a comic would be to headline Vegas. And even though they were the comedy clubs within Vegas, it was amazing. So, you know, you're, you're, it's a different level. First of all, you get the cover of all the Las Vegas magazines. You do all the radio shows. You're treated you get, with respect. You get like, you know, hey, and, and at least when I was doing it, there was a lot of comp meals, which comics always love. A, yeah. lot of, um, a lot of the loot that you would get, I'd go, I would walk into like Hard Rock then and they would give me a leather jacket. Hey, those are nice. some of the perks of the trade. <laughs> but then I also loved ha- um, opening for people like Smokey Robinson because when you're an opening act in a really big room, um, at least back to then, I mean, it's been, you know, a, a decade, but, you know, since I've really headlined or, or opened for someone anyway, because I've been working on this line that long, mm-hmm. but um, they would pick you up in a limo and give you the, the, the great sweets and everything and, that asks you what food you want backstage. So you, you get a little taste of that incredible treatment that you get, you know, in Las Vegas. And I loved it. I loved opening for people. Even though when you're an opening act, people are still walking in yeah. <laughs> for the, yeah. to see the main act. As a comic, that's not you have to really make sure your timing's okay because people are walking through the aisles and walking over people and falling and tripping and you're trying to tell a joke and you know your timing will be thrown off if 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 something really is loud out there. But um, I loved it. And I still have my toe in it in that I speak in front of organizations and I go on the air. And every now and then, as a matter of fact, today, my agent slash attorney from Hollywood asked me about doing kind of a tour, which would involve more comedy. And I would jump on that. But only if, you know, it was I couldn't go knocking on doors to do comedy clubs again. Or, you know, it would have to be in front of me. And then, yes, it would be because you never stop writing as a comic. You have to write some material. More with Rhonda Shear, author of Up All Night, From Hollywood Bombshell to Lingerie Mogul, Life Lessons from an Accidental Feminist. 
You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. I've got you under my skin. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show. But Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? Everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? (laughs) That is the case. (laughs) Yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com. Um, hello. It's me, the designer jeans in your closet. The back of your closet. What am I doing here? Would you keep caviar in the back of your fridge with the ketchup and old milk? Yeah, I don't think so. So what happened to us? I mean, have you seen my label? I used to summer in the Hamptons, and now I'm stuck behind a pair of sweats. Sure, I never really fit you quite right, and one of my pockets is so small you can't even squeeze your hand into it. But it's all about the look. And I look good. I need to get back out on the scene so I can be seen. You know, going to fancy parties, getting expensive iced coffees, Sunday fun days, okay? So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create new jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. With all the talk of fake news today, it's getting harder to know who to trust. Thousands of websites, millions of opinions, even the mainstream media has gotten caught in dishonest reporting. Now, if you're looking for information you can trust, why don't you try westernfreepress.com. At Western Free Press, they let you know where they stand and you can judge for yourself. No fake news, no feigned objectivity, just straight news and strong opinion. That's westernfreepress.com. I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? Then you need a voiceover production company. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. Log on now to BESD.US and find out more. Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way. On time, on target, and at a price you can afford. Visit us at BESD.US. The two tight ends are lined up as tight ends. Back goes Darrell to pass. He's looking for Smith, but instead goes down the middle. Chester, touchdown Raiders! That is the Oakland Raiders. No, not the Oakland Raiders of 2017, but the Oakland Raiders of 1972. And that's what we're talking about on a new feature called RaiderHistorian.com. You go there and we have 
every week different highlights from years of the past, including a look back at Al Davis, the owner, all the great games, the rivalries, the philosophy of the team, and so forth. It's a must as the Raiders head to Las Vegas in just another few years. If you're here in Las Vegas, you got to know that history, and if you're from Oakland and L.A., you'll want to relive that as well. RaiderHistorian.com Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Back with our final moments from Up All Night, Rhonda Shear. Right. Awesome. Did it matter like around. when you were uh, uh, leading up an opening act for, like you said, Smokey Robinson, did you have different types of uh, audiences depending on the type of music or what yeah. have you? So you'd kind of change yeah, I mean, your act? Had, one thing I learned, you know, he dated a comic for years, and what I, I learned from him um, was to, to, at least this is what worked for me, was to free associate. So. I would have like different bits, you know, whether it be dating, but I always did the dating from the I got the guy angle, not I didn't trash guys. I mean, yeah. it was done in a lot of innuendo, a little fast, but I would have hunks, whether it be about traveling or love or, you know, whatever I was taught cooking. Right. But um, if you free associate, then you kind of test the waters. You can start off with one joke or one, one hunk of material, and if, that's, if they're not going with that, then you can free associate to a whole other part of your act. But if your act is just written from top to bottom, like, you know, this is where I'm starting, I'm starting here, and I'm going to end here, then it won't work necessarily. You have to be able to think really fast and jump to another part of your act. So that was, I mean, it, it really makes you think and, and very quickly. And I love talking to the audience as well. And, uh, I, and I did a lot of stuff that was probably maybe old school, but it seems to be coming back, because I would bring people up on the stage for certain parts of my act and yeah. get them involved. So, I mean, I do a thing now, every now and then when I do stand-up, where I bring a girl up on stage and measure her for her bra size, with, of course, her permission, because every woman has the wrong bra size, and I'll, and I'll ask her her bra size, and she'll say, usually much smaller than she thinks she is, and then I'll measure her, and, and I do it in good taste, and it's fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's, I love, you know, audience participation. I mean, it's maybe, I, I know, it's, just, uh, it's just my way of doing comedy, and I, it, it still works. Hey, you know, I still get in front of the young people and get laughs, and that's the most important part. Well, that's fantastic. But, um, it really is. And we hope if you do come back and do it, do it in Vegas. We would love that as part of it. I would love to work in Vegas again. <laughs> it's my favorite place on the on, – on, oh, gosh. I mean, really and truly, there's nothing like working a Las Vegas stage. It is the pinnacle of success, I believe, for any performer. And um, I'm going to get back there. You wait. And you'll well, be, that'll you'll be, be good. From me. And one last <laughs> thing I want to touch with yeah. you is about, you know, I look at how your life – of course, it's not over by any means, but where it's gotten to, I mean, we all envy you. You married your childhood sweetheart. You guys live Aww, in a great house you. in Florida. You got the dogs. that We heard one of them. <laughs> uh, it just seems like, uh, do you look back some time and go, my God, what a great run this has been and how well has this turned out? Yes, I do. And I'm grateful. And, you know, there's things that I, you know, everybody wishes they would have gone one direction. But I've learned as I've gotten older that wherever life takes you, you can make the best of it. So I've, like when I thought I was going to be a politician, but then I ended up back in Los Angeles or when I married my high school sweetheart, I never thought I'd be leaving L.A. He lived in Louisiana and I lived in Los Angeles and I ended up moving with him. And then we, you know, because he was more of the breadwinner. I mean, he owned a business. I was doing a lot of stand-up on the road, but at that time I was not on a regular anymore on a series. So I followed him and then we just made lemons, aid out of lemons, you know, both were more in, in, a, in a downside financially, but we never thought about money. And I guess if you feel like you can always make a living, then you're, then you're good. I and both of us have confidence to do that. And I always say, if you believe in yourself, you know, you take a stake in it and you just go for it. 
Um, so both of us are like-minded in that we believe in ourselves enough to take chances. And yep. I always tell entrepreneurs of any age and any place in your life, hey, what's the worst that will happen is you're going to know. But if you don't try it, you'll never know. So yeah, that's no, that's it. a great piece of advice. I always tell my kids, you know, you always know what's the worst that can happen. And once you do that, right. very seldom is it like it's still worth doing it, you know. You and if it's not, confidence you need to in yourself. And if you really believe in yourself, I'm telling you, the world will open up to you. It's amazing when you really exude confidence. It just doesn't matter. This um, is a really uh, fun book. It's Up All Night, you. From Hollywood Bombshell to Lingerie Mogul, Life Lessons from an Accidental Feminist. Uh, Rhonda, of course, you can get that book everywhere. Uh, it's available on Amazon. But tell us, uh, in case people want to find out more about you, uh, like where you are on the web, where you, how do we get a yeah, hold of you? Well, please, please follow me um, or like my Facebook, Rhonda Shear fan page. Um, follow me on Twitter. It's under Rhonda Shear at Twitter. Um, same thing on Instagram, Rhonda Shear. That's S-H-E-A-R. And then um, you can shop for me on hsn.com for my line, which goes from extra small to 3X, women's apparel and intimates. You can shop for the book, Amazon Prime. It's free shipping. You can also shop for Rhonda Shear Apparel on Amazon. So um, it's just, you know, or rondashear.com for a lot of places. But definitely I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying building my social media, which has really been building uh, through the book. And uh, so please, we do some fun things. I do live Facebook a lot. So we're doing some really crazy things on Facebook, and, and you can see I have uh, no filters. So pretty much uh, <laughs> follow, you'll never know. And also my oh my YouTube channel, I have Rhonda Shear TV. It has all those old USA up all night clips. So if you're looking for some of that, a blast from the past, you can go. Uh, you know, definitely like me on um, YouTube as well. We will do all that. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, and we want to get we want <laughs> to have you. you back when that next book comes out. But in the meantime, Please. up all nights the book. Thanks, Rhonda. Really fun to talk Thank with you. Thank you. Same here. I really enjoyed it. I'm I'm telling you, I'll be calling you for that appearance first. When we return, you'll meet the man responsible for those amazing, amazing displays at the Bellagio Botanical Gardens. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Just a garden in the rain. You use Tearless Baby Shampoo because it's gentle on your baby's eyes. You make sure his toys don't have any sharp edges. You always test the bath water to make sure it's not too hot. You taught her what to do when the smoke alarm goes off. You make sure she wears a helmet when she rides her bicycle. You put on his sunscreen, even when he's embarrassed his friends will see. You do so much to keep your child safe, but are you using the right car seat for your child? Is your child facing the right way in the car seat? Is the seat too big or too small? How do you know when it's time to move your child into the next type of seat? Car crashes are a leading killer of children ages 1 to 13. Protect your child's future at every stage of life. For information on the right seat for your child, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. That's safercar.gov slash the right seat. A message from the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. When you go to Las Vegas, you have to know what you're going to go see. And there's no better place on the web to go than VitalVegas.com. You hear Scott Robin, our Vegas insider, every week on the show. But Scott's got a lot more there. What are people going to find when they go to your site, Scott? 
everything you need to know about Las Vegas from shows and restaurants and a lot of inside dirt that you won't hear anywhere, anywhere else. And a lot of photos, too, and a lot of snark, right? <laughs> that is the case. <laughs> yes. You can't miss it. VitalVegas.com. It's a must when you come to Las Vegas. VitalVegas.com. Angstrom Minerals represent a quantum leap in nutrition. Liquid Minerals offer a more concentrated and quicker boost because they integrate into the body faster. Unlike that handful of pills you take every day, Angstrom Minerals bypass digestion and go directly to the cells. Try Angstrom Minerals for your body, your health, and your life. Register online and use your account to save 5% off your retail order every time you shop. Some restrictions apply. Please visit ElementalResearchInc.com. Football is coming to Vegas. I felt that one way up here. And your home for all things Raiders is RaiderHistorian.com. Visit RaiderHistorian.com for a look at the game, the philosophy, and the personalities that have made the Raiders one of the most storied franchises in sports. The dynasty is at RaiderHistorian.com. Just win, baby. I'm here with Logan Reed, my own personal business coach. You know, a lot of people may think this is all a bunch of psychobabble and that kind of thing. But in reality, this is stuff that on the surface may seem like we're going to explore our background. But actually, we're just getting really in touch with ourselves to see how we can be more successful. Is that what you try to do with people? It is. So I'm not so interested in what's happened in the past. What I'm looking for is where people are now, where they want to be, and coaching always takes place in the gap. So what are the things, where are the places where they're getting stopped that's in that gap? And then when we move through those, they end up having what they want, whatever their goal is for themselves. Okay, we're all excited about it now. So how do we get involved? How do we get more information about about you and what you're doing? Sure, you can give me a call at 360-529-1848 or email me at logan at loganreadcoaching.com. And you could also check out my website if you want to learn more about me at loganreadcoaching.com. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. If you've never been to Las Vegas, I'm sure when you talk to somebody that's been there, they're always going to tell you one thing you got to see is the botanical gardens of the Bellagio. It's just fantastic. Everybody talks about it. It's something everybody must see, especially that first time you go to Vegas. And we're going to talk to the man behind that, the genius of this, Ed Libby, the founder of Ed Libby Company and Events. And uh, Ed, you're the guy that comes up with these incredible designs. I know that's just a brand new one. So I wanted you to talk a little about what, what can we see now for the spring at the Bellagio. So right now, Steve, first of all, thanks for having me. I'm really honored to be a part of your show. Um, we just installed our Japanese spring exhibit, which mm-hmm. is a tribute to our relationship with, um, with, with, with Japan. Several years ago, the Kabuki, there was a very special Kabuki theater group that came and performed over the fountains of the Bellagio, and it was like a hallmark for the, for the hotel and the brand. So that's, you know, this is kind of our tribute to our Japanese um, culture and association. Well, and talk about some of the things there. I mean, it's really amazing, as I understand it. They've got the traditional tea house and Golden Temple, and this was just kind of an idea that your mind starts working with it, and that canvas in your head slowly goes to this big place in the in the Bellagio Hotel. 
so I was I was brought in um, I was brought in this year for to add an air of glamour and grandeur to the Bellagio Conservatory. And part of the way that I design is that each each thing it's not just decorations for the sake of making beautiful decorations. Each each thing that we have have installed and each flower piece and prop has a very significant um, meaning to the Japanese culture. Um, the tea house that you just mentioned. Um, the tea ceremony in, in the Japanese culture rec- represents grace, hospitality, and good etiquette. How the tea is mixed and how it's presented is a very important part of hosting um, a dignitary in the Japanese culture. So I thought that having the tea house in there on a beautiful lake with koi in front of it and creating this incredible serene atmosphere for, for guests to kind of participate in was incredibly important for this installation. Now, I understand this was also inspired by a painting, Sandro Bocelli's uh, painting, The Birth of, v- of Venus, as well as Kabuki Entertainment. So, yes, and, and again, my, my background is in art and, and set design, and I wanted to take some experiences from my travel, and obviously that's not a Japanese, um, that's not a Japanese painting, but the idea of this character rising from the water as spring arrives and his, um, his left hand is a fountain with a pearl that represents prosperity in, in Japan and beauty. So every, I wanted everything to have a meeting, and, um, and, and that's kind of what we did. The lotus um, is, it represents purity because it rises out of the mud. So we have this character that represents this grand birth of spring rising out of this lotus of purity. So, you know, and and this is a story that we tell um, throughout the conservatory on on little plaques and in news interviews and stuff like like the one that we're doing now. So people really understand the meaning behind what it is that we're um, what what it is that we're showing them. Well, you know, I saw what you did in the beginning of the year, uh, the Lunar New Year, and I was there to do an interview actually over at one of the restaurants, the Bellagio. And my wife, who was with me on that particular trip, tells me, oh, you got to see these gardens. And I'm like, okay, you know, I've seen these before. I could not believe the detail was there. And people were, you know, there was a huge crowd walking around this thing, and it was like they were mesmerized. It hit me that all my senses were being attacked <laughs> in a very good way by everything that was going on. Is that – you try to make it more than just something visual. It's, it hits all the senses, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's music. There's fragrance in the air. There's the sound of, of flowing and running water. throughout The Bellagio Conservatory Horticulture Group has been doing this for quite a few years. I was just, I was just brought in recently, so I'm learning – as much from them as, as they're learning from me. Well, one thing, it's not just you, Ed. There's a whole team that puts this incredible thing together. Could you talk a little about uh, who's all involved with this and how important the team works together? Sure. The, so the Bellagio Conservatory has existed since the hotel opened 19 years ago. They have an incredibly well-seasoned um, horticulture team that I am learning a tremendous amount from that's involved in every single installation. The engineering team, the guys who do the, the front feature, which are the fountains outside the Bellagio, Everybody's involved in everything. Jerry Boland and Patricia Streeter have an amazing team of people that work under them. So, you know, as the designer always gets all the glory, but the team behind me is really makes it all happen. Well, and did this team help you in the sense of you come in with all these different experiences? Did they help you with that particular facility where they know kind of the pros and cons of how things work and so forth in that space? Yeah, I mean, you know, many times when I design fountains that shoot from one place to the other or whatever, they have to kind of reel me in a little bit and, and teach me a little bit about what's, what's realistic and what's not realistic. So, you know, it's, it's definitely, definitely a beautiful collaboration. It's like, it's like an orchestra. I'm, the, I'm kind of the conductor, and, and the musicians are, are, are really 
taking the, uh, the, the instruction from me and, and teaching me how to do it the right way, which is really kind of incredible. Um, the, sto- the stories behind each thing, for example, there's a, there's a magnificent bridge that goes from the entrance of the lobby into the conservatory. We, bu- we built a 20-foot-tall Tory gate. The Tory gate in Japanese culture represents a passage from the mundane everyday life into a sacred space. The Tory Gate also perfectly frames the Kabuki Theater. So my involvement is bringing like a different, a different kind of culture to the way that the conservatory is designed, yeah. and you know, and really immersing the guests in in an, in an experience. Whether they know they're being immersed in an experience, it's very obvious to some people, and it's a little bit more subliminal to others. But they're definitely leaving one place and going into another place for a while. Well, what's incredible about it is it's not hidden off a way where you have to walk, walk a long way from the action of the casino and the lobby and all that. It's right there, and yet when you walk into that display, it's like you've gone to a different world. So is that all part of the design of this? It's kind of like, okay, this is what I'm working with, so I've got to get the sounds a certain way. And again, the fragrance sort of takes you out of the mind of the usual fragrance of walking through a casino, that kind of thing. Exactly. We really, we really want it to be a destination not only for, for our guests, but for all of Las Vegas to come and enjoy as, as a real destination um, to explore and experience in Las Vegas. Yeah, and you, you do it. And the great part is there's no cost to it. Anybody can go by. It's great that way. No, and I will tell you something else, especially about the spring display that I, it's very important for your listeners to, to understand. Because tulips bloom a little bit each day and because the plants are changed down on a daily basis, we have such a beautiful lighting show that happens at dusk. That conservatory looks completely different one minute to the next all throughout the day and the night. So it really should be experienced, you know, in, in the day and, and by any visitor. They should come during the day and they should come back at night to see, to see a, whole, a whole different experience. And I think it really goes to make the Bellagio a really special place. I mean, all the hotels in Las Vegas on the Strip, generally speaking, are pretty nice places. But there is something special, and there has been for a while. And this is just another case of the Bellagio really kind of uh, coordinating the arts with all the entertainment that goes on there on a 24-hour basis. Yeah, I, I can't give away about, I, too much about our next installation. But, you know, that one of the other reasons that I was hired is I have an extensive art history background, and our next installation again, is going to immerse our guests in another, um, in another culture and another, um, and another kind of like theatrical historical experience. So, you know, it's, it's really something that people should look forward to this year. Well, we will. In fact, we'll watch that and we'll have you on again when that's out. But I want to talk to you a little about your company because less people think this is a new adventure for you. You've been doing this, as I understand, for celebrities like Rod Stewart, Lionel Richie, there's a whole thing, a Wall Street concert series, these floral displays. Explain how you get into that. Obviously, you know, you've got the world of floral design in your blood. I'll tell you the interesting thing about how this whole thing started. I started as a driver. I was in art school. I was studying to be, I was studying Flemish painting and set design at the time. And I got a job as a driver in a flower shop to help pay my tuition. Mm -hmm. And their head designer at the flower shop got sick very shortly after I started. And because I was studying Flemish painting, I got a couple of bunches of grapes together and some fruit and the flowers that were in the refrigerator at the shop, and I made an arrangement and set it down on the counter for the owners to see. And they're like, oh, my God, that's magnificent. Where did that come from? And I was like, I did it. And they're like, you're the driver. (laughs) And I was like, well, I'm the driver, but this is what I'm doing in school. And they actually gave me the opportunity to kind of like take over the designer's, um, the design position in the shop while while the other guy was away. And one of their clients, through a party for Gene Moore, who was the head of visual display at Tiffany & Company at the time, 
and I was able to, um, Gene brought me in to be the designer for um, the first party when Tiffany went back into private ownership. It was owned by Avon for years. So I was 18 years old with like crazy spiked blonde hair and parachute pants doing this like outrageous party and on Fifth Avenue and, you know, going to school during the day for, uh, you know, studying my, with my watercolor paints and my, and my armature dolls setting set design. So it's kind of a little bit of a wild story. We'll return with Ed Libby of the Bellagio Botanical Gardens in a moment. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Counting flowers on the wall that don't bother. Why was the basketball court all wet? Because the players kept dribbling on it. The dad joke. <laughs> Corny, groan-worthy, but also one of the simplest ways to share a moment with your kids. What did the buffalo say when he dropped his son off for school? Bye, son. So take a moment to make your kid laugh, because dad jokes rule. Make your kid laugh today. Go to fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. I know what you're thinking. Why would I need a voiceover production company? Well, does your company need a commercial for radio or television? Does your company need an entertaining and informative on-hold message? Are you looking to do an audiobook or web presentation? then you need a voiceover production company. That's why thousands turn to the pros at Black Eagle Sound Design. Black Eagle Sound Design is home to some of the finest voice actors, producers, and engineers in the business. At Black Eagle Sound Design, you get Hall of Fame professionalism, royalty-free music, and a 100% buyout, meaning the commercials are yours to do with as you please. See website for details. Log on now to BESD.US and find out more. It's time you worked with the best, and Black Eagle Sound Design will be there with you and your project every step of the way, on time, on target, and at a price you can afford. I'm Adele Poole, one of the many talents you'll hear at Black Eagle Sound Design. Visit us at BESD.US. Black Eagle Sound Design, because the voice you choose matters. Whoa, long time no see. It's me, the rock t-shirt in the back of your closet. Dude, remember? You crowd surfed in me, man. But you haven't worn me in, like, forever. I get it, you're retired, but I still got some rock left in me. So take me to Goodwill, where I can really make a difference. Your donations to Goodwill create jobs, training programs, and education assistance for people in your community. To find your nearest donation center, go to goodwill.org. Donate stuff. Create jobs. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Are you looking to save money on your prescription medications? Are your prescription costs too high? Are you paying out of pocket for your meds? Or is your copay too high? Well, if you answered yes to any of these questions, you've got to check out the RX Cut free prescription discount card. And getting your free discount card is easy. All you do is go to the website rxcutdiscounts.com. The free RX Cut prescription discount card allows you to get significant discounts on either brand name or generic prescription medications, and it also works on meds with high copays. There are no fees, no forms, no personal information needed, and the cards are active immediately. Discount cards are also good for the entire family, and they never expire. Again, to get your free discount cards, visit rxcutdiscounts.com. You may get the free discount card either by U.S. mail, email, text, or simply print out the discount card online. It's just that easy. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You're listening to Ed Libby of the Bellagio Botanical Gardens. 
this is something you can see. It doesn't cost anything, and you can go anytime you want it. So there, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. The Bellagio Botanical Gardens, this is an incredible thing. The things are always changing. Now, Ed, if I want to find out more about you, and uh, if somebody wants to throw an incredible party, we know somebody that can put together the designs. Where do they go online to find out more about the company and stuff, Ed? Uh, the be- the best way to do on our, our website is under construction right now, but there is an info at edlibby.com um, icon up, or they can follow me on Instagram at, at edlibbyevents, and we post all of our um, comings and goings and, and parties of events uh, on our Instagram account on a daily basis. Well, Ed, we can't wait to see the new display, and uh, when the next one comes, we'll want to talk to you again. Thanks so much for being with us. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Today's topic, celebrity chefs and their Vegas homes. Are they always trying to associate with one particular? You mentioned Caesars with Gordon Ramsay. That's been a good fit. I know uh, Giada's been a really good fit for the link and so forth. Is, is that something where they can use that as a draw, not only for the restaurant, but really for the casino and the hotel? I think in the, in the case of, uh, like, Giada... That is absolutely a, that makes Cromwell, that puts them on the map because that restaurant is so popular. In a place like Caesar's Palace, there's so many different offerings. There's Nobu and there's um, there's Rayo's and there's a lot of great restaurants. So I don't know that it uh, it's really the case in, in a situation like Caesar's. So, but you rarely see a celebrity chef kind of working across companies so you won't find a celebrity chef who's got a deal with caesar's entertainment and mgm resorts they tend to pick a celebrity chef they invest in them and they kind of get get an exclusive they might have a second or third restaurant guy fieri is a perfect example uh he's at the link hotel and he's at the rio but you're not going to see him at, at mgm resorts they have their their relationships with uh these corporate entities and they kind of that it's financially beneficial to everybody, and so they try to make the most of that relationship. That's it for this weekend. This is Steve Maggi asking you to join us again next week and reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas! Viva Las Vegas!